You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocals of Cryptopsy, and you're listening to my podcast, Vox and Hops, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Last night's Thirsty Thursday was off the hook. Super fun, as always. I love these things. So much fun to connect, to be with a bunch of metalheads and craft beer enthusiasts. It's always a blast. You should join us next week, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's always fun. It is now a private group. It is a secret link. If you would like to have the link, you must get it from someone that's already a part of the group or send me a message and I'll hook you up with the link. It is now a private, closed group, but it's a cool one and you should be a part of it. On today's episode, I'm with Justin Moranga of Ancestors. Ancestors is probably one of my favorite bands. You can tell that as I praise and glorify the band throughout this whole interview. Here it is. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 166. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today I'm with Justin Moranga of Ancestors. He plays guitar and sings in that band. He's also the man behind Dune Alter, the record label. How are you, Justin? How is everything? How is today for you? Today's all right. Um, you know, I'm. Uh, it's been a, it's been a decent Tuesday. Uh, I didn't, I took, I have the day off work. So, uh, well, I had the day off work to go and have a pool get together with, um, my, uh, the other people I work with. So it was a good day. That sounds like a good day. Uh, how, being a musician, how did you cope with social isolation during COVID-19? I've spoken to a lot of people throughout, uh, this pandemic and uh some people are more introverts and they totally enjoy yeah. being by themselves in their house how did you cope with this um it's been all right uh it's been i i you know i've had my my my, my ups and downs waves as far as creativity goes during this time but like i'm i'm all right with staying home like it doesn't that doesn't bother me um it sucks to obviously be stuck at home and not really be able to go out when you want to, but it's been all right. Uh, you know, my first, the first month I was, I was solo and then my girlfriend moved in. Um, and so the last few months we've been, we've been here together, which has been much easier. Uh, but you know, as far as like the inspiration side of things goes, it's definitely been, been an up and down, you know, what about you? Cryptopsy, we're basically, we were writing a new record because we just signed a record deal with a label that I can't talk about okay. just yet, but I can't wait to talk about it. I've been saying this for months that we've signed, but I can't All say right. it. And uh, we were in a cabin in the woods writing the new record when everything went to shit. That's what everybody wants to do. <laughs> what, you guys get to actually do the thing that we all, that everybody else is like, man, how sick would it be to like get a cabin in the woods and write the record that's what we did and it started off really well and it was just like writing riffs not not sitting yeah, and jamming yeah. and then it was very hard for motivation once <laughs> the world just started falling apart and uh, we just did the best that we could with the time that we had there it was nice it's not something that we've done before i enjoyed it it was a uh, something very fun but uh you know take it uh you know, Cryptopsy goes into the woods and then the world falls apart. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, what can you do? Like ever, ever since then, that moment, it's just been, a you know, everybody trying to cope. That's it. And creativity on my side, I've been, I was very depressed at first because I had a whole bunch of uh, interesting projects lined up, set up for Vox and Hops. And uh, it took me a few, a week about, and then I wallowed in my own self-pity, and then I just <laughs> uh, pushed everything and got the hustle train up and running again, and I started conducting interviews over Zoom, which is bringing me with you right now. Yeah, this works. I mean, you know, it's not as cool as, like, talking in real life or anything, but, you know, what can you do? It gives me farther reach, which is what's interesting, that I can reach yeah. out across the globe and have chats with people, with people that are some of my favorite artists, which brings me to you guys, which uh, you're not going to believe this, but but <laughs> your record, Suspended in Reflections, 
I have to, I just have to tell you, it's, it's still to this day, one of my favorite albums. And, and before we started recording this today, I was sitting on my couch and watching the live at the St. Edmund's Episcopal church YouTube videos because I needed to see that again. So, so let's talk about this record. Let's talk about the vibe of it i i was completely consumed by it i don't very i make top 10 lists every year and the year you dropped it it was a part of the top 10 i never number them but upon reflection which is funny because it's suspended in reflections (laughs) um it is probably my number one because it's probably the only one that i keep going back to and i listen to it in many different circumstances i'm an early childhood educator and i have used this to put kids to sleep during now cool (laughs) i have i listen to it when i'm traveling on the road i listen to it when i need an uplifting moment it's just such a special record to me and i'm glad that you that you that you find it uplifting because i it's definitely i think if i think the overarching mood is definitely melancholy but like but like i i think we we were pretty conscious we're always pretty fucking melancholy (laughs) but like (laughs) but like i think we were pretty conscious of trying to make of trying to have there be a balance and have there be some some uplifting vibe in there as well and i think that i i'm glad that that comes through you know you never know i've listened to it late at night super too drunk with people over at my house and I'm like, listen to it, listen to the violin part. And, and you know, like, <laughs> Oh man, she, she just, oh, I don't even like, that's a whole, we have a whole discussion about just that. <laughs> so take, take me through this whole suspended reflections. The, the thought process, there was a long gap between that record and the one before it. So, so take me through all of that time. Um, you know, a lot of life happened in that time. Um, and I think that's, that's sort of why it, it took so long. Um, especially now, I, I, yeah, for all of us, you know, I mean, Daniel, our drummer had been in the band for six years by the time the record came out and had never made a record with us, you know, like, so, I mean, it was, um, it was a combination of transitional, um, as a music, in a musical sense and as a group, um, you know, uh, some 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 member changes uh which you know came from uh you know i think it had been it had been a little over a decade and it was just like or it had been almost a decade at the time we started and it was like man okay some people have have moved on in their heads to something different and you know um so initially it took a little bit to kind of get it get it rolling and we had some ideas and they didn't necessarily sit well with everybody in the band um initially although now the people who weren't didn't end up being in the band are really, I, I think they, from my understanding, they love the record, which is really cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so it took a little while and then we just hit a point where it was like, who the fuck is waiting for this thing at this point? I think we can just like, if anybody's waited this long, we can take our time and make sure that we, for the first time, make a record that we're 100% happy with, as opposed to like, trying to slam in into a studio and get the record done in a week because we're always on a low budget and our, our ambitions are always vastly eclipse our budget. And, you know, we end up with three days to mix these fucking 18 minute songs or whatever, it, whatever it is, you know? Um, and I think we just were like, I don't want to do that anymore. And there's not necessarily even a reason anymore to do that. Cause it's like, if you've hung on this long, you're going to hang on for another year or two while we like do this right. And, you know, we fit it into our schedules basically. And, um, but you know, I mean, it was always at the forefront. I can only speak for myself, obviously, but it was always at the forefront of my mind, like ancestors, the next record, what, what it was going to be, how it was going to come together was on my mind for six straight years, you know? Um, it's just, it took a backseat to a lot of other stuff and most, most of it just being life, like, and figuring our shit out, you know, I mean, now we're all in our mid to late thirties. Um, so it was, you know, there was, it was our late twenties into early thirties and it was, there's a lot of transition happening there and, you know, um, a lot of personalities development and yeah, 
I don't know. That's that's maybe the long answer to that question. It's definitely it feels like a mature album because I've listened to the previous one and, and it seems like it was more of a you were drawing more inspiration from other things. Whereas this one, it feels like it has its own character from everywhere to to the song structures to to the artwork. It has a, a whole vibe that I'm I'm completely all about. You know, it's funny when when we listen to the final mix um, Jason and I kind of had a thing, w- and and this is this is a lot of how we wrote the vocals as well. We we would listen to instrumental mixes and and drive around together, and sing and and jot down lyrical ideas and melodic ideas and record shit onto our phones and um, that sort of became the like the approach, uh, especially on this record. But you know, we had been driving around doing a lot of like photo shoots together. We were just like driving around with our cameras and taking pictures all over the kind of the greater LA area. Um, and so it kind of became a thing where we were like deriving a lot of inspiration from just driving around the city. Um, and so we started doing that at night with instrumental mixes to write, to write the vocals. And then when we got the final mix for the album, uh, we listened to it in the car driving. And I, at the end of it, I turned to him and I was like, if we weren't, if we weren't a unique band before, I think we're officially our own thing now. And I, it wasn't, that was not the goal. There was no stated goal. The only stated goal was we got in a room and it was no, there was a stated goal of no judgment on ideas, you know, and let's break shit open a little bit. And I personally, as the guitar player, I was, I'm, you know, just like, how, how long can you be in the doom metal scene and not get a, like a little bit bored and I mean, never were we a doom metal band per se, but it's always where we've sort of lived. And I just was like that ele- that definition of heavy just no longer like no longer inspired me. I mean, I, I love plugging in a fucking guitar, cranking it all the way up full gain and and bashing on it. Don't get me wrong. But like I was looking for what else we could do that could be heavy and while still retaining because heavy is never needed to be a goal with us. It's like we plug in our shit and that just happens, you know? So it's like, let's stop thinking about that. Let that exist and figure out a different way to approach that, you know? And I think that was kind of the only stated goal of the record really, you know, that's very interesting. Vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends, talking about their lives, music and craft beer. When I hit you up about this, you're like, ah, the drummer's more the craft beer guy. I'm more, I'm more of a scotch guy. So, so what are you drinking? I'm drinking. Oh, here, let me grab the bottle. I'm As drinking. He takes me on a trip through his house. I love it. <laughs> yeah. I'm drinking Lagavulin 16, wonderfully smoky and, the first time I ever tried it years ago, I was like, wow, this tastes like Vicks Chloroseptic. And now I just fucking love it. <laughs> I was like, there's no way I will ever enjoy that. And, you know, how can you ever say what you will ever do? That's it. I remember the first time I heard Cryptopsy, I really fucking hated it. So <laughs> it was too much. <laughs> it was too much for me. I don't remember the first time I heard Cryptopsy, but I do rem- I do know who got me into them. And I do remember the first time I saw them and I looked it up and I don't, I don't know if you were in the band at the time. That's how long it's been since I've seen Cryptopsy is I don't think that you were in the band. (laughs) I joined in 2007, so I might, I might not have been in the band. No, honestly, I think, I think the last time I saw Cryptopsy, it was at the glass house in Pomona. Um, I don't, I don't remember who it was with, but it was like a big death metal tour. Um, I want to say origin. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did that back in the day. I think it was a tour with Origin. Like when that one, fuck, what was that record called that came out on Relapse that was just like when it came out, I was like, this is the fastest thing I've ever heard in my life. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> on my side, I'm drinking Who John Hops from Trailway Brewing Co. This is a, an American IPA, they call it. Hopped with Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, Columbus, and Summit Hops. Uh, I was hooked up with this thanks to Danielle Sauvé from Transbrew and Ushlag. It's from New Brunswick, and they have brought this into the Quebec market, so I'm super stoked about this. It is delicious. Cheers. Thank you so much for hooking up with me and uh, talking about all this stuff. Cheers, brother. 
Hell yeah, man. Thanks for having me. It's a perfect, perfect New England style brew. So what does that mean? Super fruity. It's like a new, it's inspired from the New England area, the northern eastern IPA craze that's happening. It's a hazy, non-filtered brew. But it's still an IPA, so it's still like bitter. No, that's the thing. The New England ones are not bitter. They're juicy and tropical and taste like oh, pineapple, mango. It's it's really, really fantastic. I just can't it's, dig on bitter shit. Oh, it's taken over the whole bitter bitters out. Because <laughs> I, I like I lo- like generally I'm not a big beer guy, but I do. I really like sours. Um, I don't have them very often, but when I do, I'm always just like, mm, this is fantastic. I like mouth puckering but i don't dig on bitter no bitter bitter is out it's sort of making a comeback in lagers now but uh but the the whole craze right now where everyone is making the big crazy crazy beers right now is the haze craze which is exactly these styles style of beers oh man daniel daniel from ancestors loves him some bitter ass beer and he i mean truly if you feel like having another conversation with a different guy in the band, if you want to see someone get excited about beer, he is it, his in his excitement for for well, his excitement for anything he likes is infectious. Um, it's hard not to just be like, oh, you're you're so precious. Why, how are you so excited? Uh, and he gets that way about food and he gets that way about beer and he gets that way about tunes. So, so he's fun, um, he's fun to write with. He's dude. He's fun to everything with. <laughs> Daniel Daniel is amazing. T- take me back to your youth when you're growing up in your parents or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? As he shows me an Almond Brothers band <laughs> shirt, badass. That's the answer to that question, <laughs> uh, which which bled into my life heavily. I mean, my first. My first concert was the Allman Brothers. Um, you know, my parents took me to see... My dad took me to see them a bunch of times when I was a kid. Um, I saw Crosby, Stills, and Nash when I was younger. Um, you know, my parents listened... My dad listened to really good music. Um, my mom, not like a ton of music in my youth. Uh, but my dad's got good taste. He, you know, Zeppelin, Allman Brothers are his favorite band. Um you know, but a lot of the things that I now that have come to like define me, even even me stylistically as a musician, are not like his jam at all. <laughs> like he's not he doesn't like Pink Floyd. And I'm just like, are you out of your fucking mind? He said it was acid music. I'm like, OK, and <laughs> See, I, I can agree with that. I, I feel some some Pink Floyd influences on ancestors for sure. Yeah, that's a fucking given. <laughs> I mean, in the in the early ancestors days, I think we all came together on Pink Floyd. It was like Pink Floyd, Neurosis, and King Crimson were like the bands that we all agreed on. And then, I mean, you know, it was we never set out to do anything specific, but like when you're all coming together, going, "I'm going to play some heavy ass guitar," and we're going to write, and you end up writing fucking a 21 minute song on your first record. Obviously, like Pink Floyd, King Crimson, and that shit's coming through a little bit. I remember we we joked about we, we we all got turned on to the band Nectar, kind of around the time that we that we started the band, um, or like when, as we grew to to a five piece and became ancestors. Um, and Chico, our old keyboardist, used to say that we we liked we like to sound like Nectar injected with beef and steel. <laughs> I was like, okay, I like that. Take me to your first show, the first time that you were ever on stage. Well, that's embarrassing, man. <laughs> it always is. <laughs> I was in a band. This is eighth grade. Uh, and we played at the Cobalt Cafe, which was a really amazing place that people shit on for years. But... I mean, I saw a, a lot of shows there. I played my so many shows there, and it was a local spot that anyone could book, which to me is the epitome of of punk rock and wh- how things should be, you know. Um, and you know, you didn't get paid a lot, but you got a cut of the door, and that was that. There was no bar. Um, but my first show was opening for a band called Irregular Grooves, uh, who were local local funk stars. 
Um, and I was in a band called Like Mind. Um, we previously had an even goofier name. It was called Funk for Melvin. I don't know who Melvin was. Not the Melvins, though. <laughs> no, no, not the Melvins. Didn't know who the fuck those guys were yet. Um, I wish. I would love to say that it was Funk for Buzzo, but it was not. Um, and it was totally fucking embarrassing. It was terrible. We played horribly, and we did an Incubus cover, and we botched it, apparently. Which one? And someone called us out on it. I don't remember, but I remember we did a cover. Oh, it was that, um, it was something about hot dancer. Uh, oh, you, yeah. hot da- yes. You're going to be a hot dancer. Going to be yes. a hot dancer. The one from, it was like on the, that EP, I think, right? Yes. Yes. Fungus among us. But so incubus, Hoobastank, those bands, those were all local dudes. Um, and I like in my middle school years, like used to go see those bands play at the cobalt. Um, so that was like a big, big influence. And honestly, I mean, I'm just, this is a connection I'm now making. Honestly, the first, my first experience with local music and that you could just be a local musician that started a band. Mm -hmm. So I guess that was maybe a bigger influence than I actually realized until just this very moment. Totally covered Incubus in my high school days. That's why I asked which song. (laughs) Okay, good. So I'm I'm glad I'm not, this is not, I'm not alone. on this what did you cover uh, it was idiot box and we did uh, another one off the following record i can't remember right now idiot box that was a big record for me oh i love it that was a big record in my life to this day i'll go back i listen to it it's still fresh i haven't listened to it in a really long time but i kind of want to now that's your homework i'm gonna do that <laughs> i'm gonna that's my homework i'm gonna listen to science hey man you know what i mean at the time that was the heaviest shit i'd ever heard and and they were doing something unique and are great musicians. Um, in retrospect, Brandon Boyd doesn't really know when to shut up uh, and let the music kind of do its thing for a minute. Um, that's just my opinion. Obviously, plenty of people love what that guy does. So he, keep keep doing you, bud. <laughs> but <laughs> um, me, I like to let the music breathe. And I think if you obviously if you listen to my band, you know that. <laughs> Being from Montreal, it's been very easy for me throughout my life to find like-minded musicians that were capable to produce the music that I had in my mind. How easy was it for you to find like-minded musicians to create something that fit you? You know what, man? I I would have said easy until there's all these recent revelations about my music, I guess. Only a few days ago... I was talking to my buddy Craig, who's known me for years and and through music, and we've played a million shows together. He plays in the band, or he played in the band The Fucking Wrath, who we were label mates with for a while. But um, I've known Craig since high school, uh, and actually, he's the one who really turned me on to like ISIS and shit like that. You know, like slow because he was playing sludgy shit since I met him in high school, and I always thought his bands. Every time I'd go see his bands, I was just like. Oh, I love this music. <laughs> it's so heavy and I can just like do this. Um, but uh, he told me that I was trying to start Ancestors for years. And I didn't remember that. He was like, man, you and I jammed and you had all these ideas and you had these you had all that you had this idea for like this whole big thing that you wanted to do. And I was just like, uh, I don't know, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. And then he's like, and then I fucking hear ancestors and I'm just like, Oh, that's what he was talking about. <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a memory of that to in my head. Cause I mean, I kind of wrote Neptune with fire. Um, cause we were a three piece when I wrote that and we became a five piece just before we recorded. And I kind of wrote that record and of, of sound mind was like the first one we wrote as a band. And I felt like personally of sound mind was where it became ancestors. And it's ever since then been been a progression of, you know, uh, towards whatever, I guess, a growth of us just getting older. Oh, it's maturity. It's it's an understanding your sound and where you guys fit. And, and better musicians. I mean, honestly, it sounds so silly, but like my my comfort as a guitar player and as I mean, dude, I've been playing guitar since I was 10. And I'm 36, but my comfort in the six years 
between in dreams and time and suspended in reflections as a guitar player, it drastic, drastic change. And I don't know what happened, but like all of a sudden I got 10 times more comfortable in the studio. I was, I mean, like I used to trip out about guitar solos and I would overthink the shit out of them. And I would do a zillion takes guitar solos on suspended and reflections. Most of them are first take, if not like second take. And maybe we comp two things together, you know, but like, it was all so easy, so laid back. So like not overthink it. And, and, and personally, I think it's by far my best playing. And I mean, playing with Daniel helps, that brings a lot out of me because he's an unbelievable, he's an unbelievable drummer. He's an unbelievable musician. Uh, he, I mean, writing with him, Jason and Daniel speak music. They're, they're, they're very well versed in theory. I'm eh, at best, you know, I took some theory classes in college, but like I, they went to music school, both of them. So like, they're very, Daniel could be sitting behind a drum set and telling me what chords to play, mm-hmm. you know? And I don't know what the fuck he's saying. He has to tell me what frets <laughs> to put my fingers on. But like he opened my eyes to different to, – to how different voicings um, display different characteristics um, and how you could be playing an E major, but you could be playing it in a different voicing on a different part of the neck and it could convey a completely different thing. And I was just – I was oblivious to shit like that before and it, and I think that really really you know I didn't I didn't open up my sort of um I don't know that sort of opened up my my brain to like how we could be writing much grander shit you know and that's why it's 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 such a perfect record <laughs> I mean I hope <laughs> I don't you know I I love it I, you know, I, I think it's the, it's the only one that I'm, that I'm totally satisfied with. And I know for a fact that I can speak for Jason and say the same, at least that he's not totally satisfied with any of the others. I'm fairly certain he's totally satisfied with suspended. Um, Daniel's pretty easy to please, but I know that he was incredibly stoked. Um, I don't know, man, when, when you're like super proud of what you've done, I feel like I don't know. I'm I'm really hard on myself, and I Jason is hard on himself, and he's hard on me, and he's hard on on the entity of ancestors. Uh, he always expected more, um, and was apparent. And I would always find it disappointing that he wasn't getting what he wanted. You know, I would always be like, man, I, I think this is pretty good. You know. But like to get to a place where all three of us, the three people who really went in and, and built this thing together are all just like, yeah, man, this is the best thing any of us have ever done. That's a good place to be. And I, I'm, I'm proud of that. And I don't feel like that has anything to do with fucking ego or anything. Like, I'm just stoked to have been a part of that, you know? It's an album that's going to stay with me for a long time. Let's touch on uh, recording Two tracks. Why only two tracks? I got to talk about this. Live at the St. Edmund's Episcopal Church. You guys dropped two tracks earlier this year or late last year. Um, well, okay. So my, my, my old roommate directed that. Um, and my initial idea was to do like a mini set. Uh, do like maybe like four songs with an intro or something like that. Actually, that'd be a full fucking set. But uh um, and especially because we were on the organ, I was really hyped on the idea of doing the intro from Neptune with fire, but on like a fucking ch- church organ, um, that he, he shot that down pretty quickly. He was like, dude, you need to be realistic. If we're going to do multiple takes of this shit. And he's like, and we're going to need to, because if I'm going to get the camera angles, all the angles I want, I'm going to need you guys to do multiple takes. He's like, we're not going to get four songs and an intro done. He's like, you're going to have to pare that way down. And I cut it down to two. And even then he was like, kind of (laughs) pissed. And uh, honestly, he sort of continued to be pissed at me about it for like a year. Like it was like, cause every time it came up, it became an issue. Um, 
I just, I was like, man, we got it done. So fuck it, <laughs> you know? Uh, but it was, it was a lot of work and it was hot as fuck in there. Cause we had to kill the AC, um, to get proper audio. Uh, but I thought, dude, I thought everybody did such an unbelievable job. You know, I mean, we didn't, we never rehearsed that all, all of us together, never rehearsed. Yeah, I was going to ask you that if, uh, cause it was the three of you and you had some session musicians. Well, so we had Caleb on bass. Caleb played in a band called Tweakbird. We used to share a practice space with them in the early days. Uh, and like, God, if anybody out there in the world has a video of the time we played the smell together and we play, we did a cover of uh, Children of the Grave, Ancestors and Tweakbird together, cool. two drummers. There has to be a video somewhere. <laughs> I've never seen one, but I fucking hope it exists because that was a packed ass show. Anyway, uh, he did our European tour with us. So he was he was ready to go. He knew the songs. Um but the violinist had never played that stuff until I sent her recordings. And the pianist is a friend of ours who also, like, we just sent her the record. And we were like, here, okay, come and do this spur of the moment. I hope you can fucking pull it off. <laughs> and they both, they were amazing. You guys said one day, is that it? One day in the church. How did you convince this church to let you play your blasphemous music? Well... So a buddy of mine from college, his dad is involved with the church specifically with regard to the organ. And I'm not really, I don't recall hundred percent what the connection was, but, um, he, I had been trying to get, cause I really wanted church organ, like pipe organ on the record. Um, and I had been reaching out and taking you over to the whiskey section again. Go for it, bro. <laughs> uh, I had been reaching out to um, UCLA has uh, their their like auditorium. It's called Royce Hall, uh, and they have a really beautiful pipe organ there. And I had a friend um, who actually became a friend because he came up to me at an ancestors show and was like, he was wasted, and he handed me his business card and he was like, "Man, I love your band." Fucking anything. You just let me know. And I was like, Royce Hall. Yeah, I want to play there, motherfucker. <laughs> that never happened. But um, I hit him up. I was like, yo, could we potentially like come in there in the middle of the night and use the organ? And basically what it came down to was no. Um, he tried not on him, uh, but like the trustees of the university wanted a bunch of they wanted more than the budget of our record to use the organ. Uh but I happened to be talking to a friend and he was like, oh, dude, I can get you access to an organ. It's the biggest pipe organ in Southern California. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He's like, yeah, let me talk to my dad. Talk to him. He's like, yeah, you're in there. Um, just let me know. We'll work it out. Uh, you can go in there and record for as much time as you need. And so we did. And all of that is on the record. All the all the organ. There's one section of Hammond on the album, but otherwise all the organ is that church organ. Oh, cool. And, and then I was like, could we go back there and film playing live in there? And he was like, yeah, so we did. And it turned out fucking sick. The, the songs are there, but they're different. There's like a different mood. Yeah. It feels more raw. It feels heavier. We rewrote release, um, because we didn't know how to do that live so we were like <laughs> how do we because you know it goes into like that like there, it drops off into just straight fucking jazz yes with the upright bass yeah yes um which is another god damn how fucking perfect that turned out uh that's that's a buddy of mine named lex who is the one of no he's the best bassist i've ever heard he's the best bassist i've ever played with that's for damn sure um but he came in and did that. But uh, we didn't know what to do live for that. So the night before we we taped it, we re we wrote a whole we wrote that whole thing. Uh, and Daniel flew in because he lives in Portland now. He flew in. We jammed with him for one night and with him and Caleb, we wrote that thing and then we played it the next day and it turned out fucking pretty rad. That's awesome. You also run Dune Alter Records. Yet, 
I have a, a, a confusing question. Ancestors was released, at least suspended in Reflections, and the live at St. Edmund's was released on Pelagic. Are you still with Pelagic? Because it's also on the Dune Altar site, and I'm confused about that. Um, yes. Yes. We're with Pelagic. Um, Dune Altar doesn't have the resources to, to bring a band back from the dead, you know? Uh, and I thought after six years, I was not in a position to a represent my own band. Um, and B, uh, we needed, we needed a plug back into the world, you know, like, and not only that, but we, we, we were pretty eager to like branch out. Uh, and I mean, not to shit talk TP in any way. Uh, it was a good run and, and it, you know, uh, but the people who ran that label when we were there are no longer running it. Um, and so our relationship with TP is just, it moved, you know? Um, and I think we hit the ceiling of where we were going to go with TP because we were sort of always the, we always kind of felt like the outsiders. Like, I think we were, we're heavier than most of the TP bands, and I, I just like metalheads dug us like doom kids and like the stony kind of psyche people dug us too. But I just, I think we hit the wall. Like we were never going to do what earthless has done. You know, um, we're also not the musicians that earthless are, but you know, I mean, it's, that's, that's what those people want. And we don't much like we much like we were saying after touring with elder in Europe for a month, we don't rock. <laughs> you're more you're more metal than rock, yeah. What, and it's not even that. We're just we're depressing. It's not it's it's more spiritual than it's not fucking we're not a fist pump band and so it's hard it's hard if you're if you're in the mood to rock like we're just like not You're going to be a downer, yeah. We're a little bit of a downer. You need that neurosis, that M and raw tour job yeah you know the the people when you're in the mood for something slow and and whatever thought-provoking emotional weighty whatever then then we're much more your band but like to pair us with a bunch of bands that are it's more about the vibe and the party it's just like you were yeah you're gonna yeah you like it but it's like not the mood you know and I think that just kind of always was our deal. And so we've always felt like the outcasts and Pelagic is, um, the music is darker. The music is a, is a bit weightier. Um, they foray into the, the, the post rock and kind of more shoegazy and more ethereal, um, which has always been an element of our muse, a massive element of our music really. And I thought because we wanted to, play up those dynamics a bit more. We really wanted to aim for a world that sort of where those two things collide where, where, you know, I mean, mono is on pelagic and, you know, but at the same time, fucking the ocean and, you know, like, so that seemed to make sense to us. They're one of my favorite labels. So it was like an extra stamp of approval when I saw, because how I discovered your record really is I listen every Friday. Apple puts out this thing for me, my new music playlist. And I was cooking. I always prep my meals in advance. So on like Saturday, Sunday, I throw that God, on good for you, man. and I'm cooking my food. And I can't remember what track came on, but I was like, what's this? Okay, I'm going. And I listened to the whole thing and I kept cooking and then it was finished. And I was like, it's over. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go put it again. <laughs> and I put it again. And I think I did that three times, and I saw it was from Pelagic, and I was like, okay, this is it. Uh, this is a CD that means something. <laughs> Honestly, and, and I mean, that was that was sort of the hope that we had when we made the album kind of short. Mm. Was like, hopefully, maybe it's an album you listen to twice. I do. Every time. Almost every time. <laughs> and I have, I, dude, I have records like that, too. Like, you know, for me, the, the last Ulver... I like, I can't listen to it once. I have to listen to it twice. It's so unbelievable. And like every time it ends, I'm just like, fuck, I need to do that again. (laughs) God, that was good. You know? And I get so inspired by it that I'm just like, oh man, I need to hear that again. And we, we sort of hope because 
we've made some long ass records. So it, we felt like maybe it was time to like <laughs> make a reasonable length album. <laughs> Let's dance into uh, Dune Alter, though, your label. How did this all start? How did you get all wrapped up into the world of being a record exec? Um, exec. <laughs> uh, I saw your Scotch collection. Come on. <laughs> I, yes, that's honestly my girlfriend is, is the one. Um, no, uh, it it started as a um, as an, the idea was that we were going to put out um, just auxiliary ancestors stuff solo things EPs. Um, we had talked about doing a sequel to Invisible Invisible White. Um, and then making maybe a series, uh, and doing it just on our own label. Um, and then my neighbor, uh, came down and showed me his band from like 89 to 91. They're like a crossover, crossover thrash band. And I was like, dude, this is fucking sick. He's like, cool. We just put out two demo tapes in Raleigh. North Carolina, like no one outside of Raleigh ever knew who we were. I was like, I want to reissue this. This is rad. And I, and so I did. And I was like, that was a lot of fun. And it sold out pretty quickly. I mean, I didn't make a lot of them, but like it sold out pretty quickly, probably just on the merit of like the album cover being kind of sick. And, and I was like, let's do more of this. There's a lot of really great music happening in LA right now. And, you know, at the time, um, Glare, uh, the original drummer of Ancestors, Brandon, who I started the band with, um, his band with his wife was kind of ramping up and I, they were really starting to get good and they'd been together for like five years and put out a bunch of demos. And I was just like, yo, it's time to make an album. And I'm, I want to stake my label on that album because you guys are a fucking great band. And I put out a tape. Um, and it was really fucking good. And I was just like, man, I can't, I can't in good conscience allow this to just be a tape. These songs are too good. Write five more. Let's make an album. And that's how it started. And it's, it's kind of been going ever since it's, you know, it's a, I'm, it's a slow moving train, but it's, it does occupy a lot of my time. Is that like your main gig? Is that to what you, what you hell? No, <laughs> no, I don't make, I don't, I, the, the label is definitely not in the black. Uh, I uh, no. I work in a warehouse a few days a week and, um, I work for a nonprofit, a dog rescue. Um, and I, I used to be a lawyer and I still occasionally do some shit. If bands send me, if bands need help, I'll, I'll help them out. Or if like somebody needs something trademarked, that's easy money for me. So it's like I, I occasionally get stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'm kind of I'm, I'm living that gig gig economy life. You're hustling. I like it. Got to do what you got to do. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Uh, what what would be the perfect do and alter band if somebody wants to be on your label? What what is the perfect band in your mind? You know the the whole the whole deal with the, with Dune Alter is, I I I guess it's not a me thing because the label is not about me, but like it is essentially my taste. So I'm working with bands that I like and that I see potential in, and that doesn't have to fit into a genre or um, you know I mean I it, I definitely got started with you know I put out a fucking crossover thrash tape i put out i i reissued the first ancestors album on cassette because that was cheap to do uh you know and then i started putting out kind of gothy dark wavy kind of stuff because that was that's sort of been the scene in la lately um and uh but you know i've got some stuff some stuff coming out from a band called the lungs um i have we're, do, we're doing an lp that's coming out i have Hello world, the lungs record is going to be coming out. That's, I haven't we haven't announced that yet, but that's happening. Um, I've got all the vinyl. I'm just waiting for the packaging. Uh, but we're doing a flexi disc, which also hasn't been announced. Um, but that's coming out in a couple weeks. Um, and the lungs are they're a punk band. It's it's like post hardcore punk. It's catchy. It's 
fast. It's tight. They're a three piece. It's dude. They fucking rip and they're killer dudes and they got good shit to say and they don't like religious people. And it's all the things that are me, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you probably shouldn't probably shouldn't be Christian. If you want to be on my label, uh, you probably shouldn't, um, be a fascist pro fascist. I have real issues with that. Um, racism, sexism, all that shit out the fucking door. I don't deal with any of that fucking bullshit. Um, until the lungs, honestly, most of my, most of my releases had girl singers. Uh, and I didn't do that on purpose. It's just fuck me, man. All the girls are killing it. You know, like (laughs) I put out, I, I put out a seven inch by a band called entry and they're putting out their first full length on Southern Lord, like in a couple weeks, which I'm so stoked and proud of them and they fucking deserve it. And that seven inch rips so hard and it's sold out now. And I'll probably have to now do another (laughs) repress of it. But like, man, it's been, it's been really cool being involved with other people's projects, you know, and getting to like, actually feel like I'm a part of it. And you do feel like you just give them that little lift, that little, someone believes in me. I want to, and I try to, and I never felt necessarily like that was received, but working with the lungs, I've been, they've been really vocal, um, about that. Like every time I do something, it's like, Oh dude, man, you didn't have to do that. Thanks. And I'm like, no, no, like I did have to do that. That's like my part of the bargain. This is like, this is my, but, but it's like for them, they've been, they've put out a bunch of shit themselves. So it's like, this is the first time they've ever had someone doing something for them. And they're just like, man, he gives a shit. And it's like, dude, fuck. Yeah. I give a shit. Like I, I very much want the bands that I work with to know that it's that they're, they're the most important at that moment, you know? And I wouldn't be working with them if I didn't believe in them. And, you know, it's been a weird year, obviously. Um, and we, we had to push a lot of stuff back. Um, and then we had to push a lot of stuff back again uh, because of Black Lives Matter. And I'm not going to fuck with that. And I'm not going to I'm not going to make anything about us or I mean, you have to give everything it's fucking due. And there are some social movements in this country that are a long time coming and they're happening. And I'm not going to let my fucking record label stand in the way of that or, or like take anybody's attention. But, you know, we're sort we're sort of starting to filter back in and July is going to be a big month for Dune Alter. There's it's pretty stacked. There's a lot of stuff coming out, a lot of singles and then the lungs LP. And I could not be more excited about that. That's very exciting. Uh, and you're absolutely right that the Black Lives Matter movement needs all of our attention. Man, uh, you know, my girlfriend and I went to some protests and it was really inspiring Um, God, the picture that's painted in the media is just so skewed and, you know, I just, it's just like, you know, I, I went to, I went to a very, a notoriously liberal hippie college. I went to UC Santa Cruz. So that was like, I, I got sort of indoctrinated with the right way of thinking pretty early on in my life. And I'm thankful between that and punk rock for setting me on that path. Um, but man, I I've learned so much in the last couple years and now in the last couple months and it's just, just fucking kill the ego and listen and let's make things better for everybody. Like, and that's sort of, that's been a big part of, for me, Dune Alter has been, you know, I just want, I want to create community around what we do, you know, whether it's bands, whether it's bookers, whether it's label, whether it's PR, whether it's, you know, all the, all the gears that come in that are, that are a part of what, what we do, you know, as, as professional quote musicians, you know, um, I just, I'm tired of asking for permission. Um, and, I know so many good humans 
who deserve and have been working so hard for so long at what they do and really deserve to be sort of in control of their own creative destinies um, and be able to like know that they have an avenue for playing live and know that they have an avenue for getting their records out. And, you know, and, but that like, there's creative people all around the circle, whether it's artists, visual arts, which you, as you mentioned, the, the album cover for suspended reflections at dude, visual art has always been a huge part of, of my band. And it's like, it set the tone for every record without a doubt. And it's been something we labor over who's going to do it, what it's the vibe is going to be. And then, you know, but we also let artists just do what they do. Like Nicole, who did suspended reflections, we gave her a rough idea. She shot us back some mock-ups. We were like, cool. Do you, she did an amazing job, you know, and that's the kind of community that I want to build. She's an amazing person. She's like, she's an incredible artist. She's a good human. She donates her, her time. She donates her, her skills. She gave us an incredible hookup on artwork when she could have charged us so much more money because she dug what we do. That's, that's the kind of community that needs to exist to support everybody, you know? And I'm, I'm just like, I'm tired of this, of the old guard. I'm tired of the system. I'm tired of the previous systems and it's time to tear all that fucking bullshit down from the, and build from the ground up, be it our state, local, federal governments, our fucking booking agents, our fucking record labels, and you know, everything. Fuck them all. Let's start, let's start from scratch. I absolutely agree. It's time for a regime change. It's time for everyone to change the way they think and to come out with a new fresh start of community. I agree a hundred percent. And it's, and it's there. I mean, the, 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 the ties that bind us all together are already there, you know, and it doesn't have to be music like it, it like, yeah, it works for, for you and I, and that's the tie that binds us together. But like, I guarantee if you and I sit down and talk for fucking five hours, we're going to find so much that ties us together as people. And beyond that, just we're all part, we're all part of the same fucking fabric, you know? Like we're all made of the same shit and, and, you know, and if, and not, not if you believe this, fuck, if you believe this, it's a fucking (laughs) fact. We're all, we're all fucking connected. Like it's all connected. Everything's connected. It's not a theory, you know? So I, and if you can, if you can bring that to light in the way that you live your life and the way that you run your businesses and the way that you function in your band and, you know, I just, I think we'll all be a lot happier, a lot better off, you know? Yeah, the world, the world can use some more happiness. That's for damn sure. Yeah, among other things. <laughs> among other things. Don't even get me started, dude. I could go on. I'll take you, I want to take you to a dark place, if you'll allow me. Take me. I'll cut it out if you don't want to go there. A hypothetical ancestor's hiatus. Yeah. I don't know how hypothetical that is. Is the band on hiatus now? Um, it's on something. Band's on something. It's going to be some time before we get a part two. If there's a part two, if that exists out there somewhere in the world, um, I know what its status is. I don't know where it stands for the future. Um... I can tell you that we do have one more track coming out um, in like two weeks. Nice. Uh, it's a cover. That will be our first um, first recorded cover. As I said, we did cover Children of the Grave with Tweakbird. Bird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I, on Dune Altar, I'm putting out a tribute album to... Uh, Adrian Borland and the sound the the sound was a, was a post-punk band in the eighties. Um, I mean, post-punk is, is limiting. The sound was one of the best bands of the eighties, hands down. Um, and they've always been a huge thing for me. 
And it's been one of those bands since I found out about them when I was in like ninth grade or some shit. I've been trying to like turn the entire world onto the sound. Every time I DJ, I play the sound. It's like, you know, anything. <laughs> it's always like trying to hype people to that band. Um, and Adrian Borland had some serious mental health issues, uh, major depression and schizoaffective disorder. Um, mental health is a big thing in my life. Big issue for me. Something I take very seriously. So I wanted the label to reflect that, not just the mental health thing, but I wanted, I, you know, I mean, a lot of my life has been, how do I give back to things, even if I'm not getting that much. Um, and so I wanted to like loop benefit projects into the label. So I started doing, I have a, I have total soft spot for peace punk, but, uh, so I started doing, I, I screened a bunch of like, anarcho punk peace punk shirts and i sold them and i'm donating the profits for that um That's amazing. and so we're doing this compilation and all the profits are going to go to a nonprofit in la uh a mental health nonprofit called painted brain um but ancestors did a track for the compilation uh and i'm pretty stoked on it <laughs> it turned out pretty rad it's uh it definitely goes some places we've never gone before but it also it it goes places that are very that are very ancestors to me, you know. Um, I think we, we we took the song and we made it our own. I'm excited about that. I can't wait to hear this. So we're gonna have we waited six years between this one and the last one, and now it's been two years since it's been out. I want more. I'm sure more people want more. I hope you guys find some sort of balance, some sort of way to make this work, because because you never gave up. <laughs> Life is hard and bands are hard. Um, 15 years for, I think we're, I think we're, we're, yeah, we're coming up on 15, a, f a few of us, a couple of us. It's been expensive. Like I said, our ambitions usually vastly, vastly eclipse our budget. Um, and we don't usually know how to, you know, squeeze it all, squeeze it all in. Um, so we tend to shell out a lot of money. Um, our last tour was difficult. Um, I was, I was in a, I was in a pretty bad place emotionally. I mean, I deal with pretty, pretty severe depression and anxiety. Um, I'm okay lately, but I had a lapse, uh, in, in medication leading up to that tour. And so I went into the tour pretty dark. Um, and that was difficult for not just me, but everybody on the tour, I think probably, honestly, we weren't even in the same fucking van as elder, but I can't imagine it was easy on them even. Um, and I even like having seen some of those dudes since I like even like have felt the need to like make sure that they understand that that wasn't how I am. Um, but it was also financially very difficult and we came home in, in pretty, pretty deep debt. Uh, and that was hard. Uh, and I think we're recovering from that all personally, financially, the whole thing is just hard. Like, like, you know, being in a band is hard, but I'm writing music. Um, I have, I have new shit in the works I'm playing with some people. Um, I'm playing with I'm I'm playing with some people doing one thing, and I'm playing with some former ancestors members doing something else. Um, I'm definitely scratching. I'm I'm getting ready to scratch my ancestors itch because I'm doing like I'm starting. I started like a political fucking DB band. Like I'm ready to I'm ready to say some shit and be angry. Uh, after all these years, um, I'm also ready to play fast. Ooh. I've never done it before. Um, and it's been really, really fun writing fast, short songs instead of <laughs> long, slow songs. Um, and I'm playing with a really incredible drummer. Um, and, uh, we've been writing, I've got like 30 something songs written. Wow. Uh, we're going to, yeah, there's, I mean, there's still a lot to be done, but, uh, 
but I also have a lot of riffs written that are going to scratch the ancestors itch for me, hopefully without being ancestors and hopefully some take, take me places and help me grow as a musician. You know, I've, as much as ancestors is a very, has been a very loose box. I definitely put myself in a box in that band and to the point where, you know, it's like, I didn't, I mean, this may seem silly, but like I built a pedal board and I like didn't change anything for years until really until leading up to this new record. I was like, I should probably like look at what's out there now. You know, and a dude, I ended up retooling the whole thing. And it was like, oh, there's all these things that I could have been doing before. And there's all these ways that I can be reducing the, the problems that I've had in the past and things that I just didn't even know about because I didn't bother because I was just like, oh, I found something that I think works. So therefore I'm good, you know, and I think that when you when you're in the same band for that many years, I mean, you know, you get into a, a pattern and it, it becomes like. Oh, this is what we do, you know? And, and I, I don't ever want to be a, this is what we do guy. Like, and I started, you know, people would ask me to like play on things. And it started with my sister. I play in my sister's band. Um, it's called Isla June it is nothing like ancestors. Uh, and it's really fucking good. I highly recommend it. I S L A June, Isla June. Uh, we have a handful of singles out and some videos that are really fantastic. Um, but it's her songs. Uh, but, you know, when she brought me in, I basically, she needed a band. She fired her whole band. She needed a band. And I just brought my band. And I was like, we'll back you. You replace us one by one. You know? And so it was Daniel playing drums and Jason playing keys. And we rec- and we recorded some shit that way. And Gabe, who recorded the Ancestors album, playing bass. Really? Um, yeah. So, like, that was the band for a while. And there's a couple of singles with that band. And then one by one, she replaced everybody except me. But initially when I came in, it was like, I'm going to bring what I do, you know, and you can hear it. It's in there. Like the earlier singles, you can for sure, if you know what I do, you can for sure hear it in her music. And now it's less about me bringing what I do and more about me trying to find who I can be in, in this construct, you know? And like, it's really, it's, it's really opened my eyes to like how limited I had made myself and the box that I had placed myself in, you know, and I'm, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's really cool to break out and it's, and it's made me that much more excited about new projects, you know, that is very exciting. Justin, one last question. What is your hangover cure? Oh God. I'm not good at hangovers, man. (laughs) You know, I didn't get hangovers for years and years and years. And then I, I had like kind of a breakdown and I drank and I drank my way through it and I decided, and I ended up in the hospital. And so I was like, okay, maybe it's time to take a break. And so I took a break and I didn't drink for like seven, eight months. And then I started getting hangovers when I started drinking again. So fuck that. <laughs> Hangovers are awful. Yes. And my answer is try to sleep, but it doesn't really work because it can't. Exactly. Because <laughs> everything sort of hurts, but it doesn't really hurt. It's this like nondescript discomfort where everything just kind of sucks. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Justin, thank you so, so much for taking some time to thank you, uh, man. have a chat with me. I really, really appreciate it. I can't wait. I appreciate we it. can hang out face to face. This could go for hours. Dude, I don't doubt that you and I could sit and chat for like quite a while. <laughs> like, I feel like this, we've just scratched the surface and this is also you asking me questions. Because I have some fucking questions for you, and I don't have a podcast, motherfucker. So um, there's going to be we're we're going to keep in touch. Absolutely, I can't That's wait. That's a fact. I can't wait. Everyone, uh, go listen to Ancestors, please. Suspended in Reflections. Check out the Dune Altars roster. Uh, it sounds like there's a and bunch. Do, of- and do you feel that way too? This tribute to the sound, which features the next ancestors yes yes i can't wait the next one thank you so much justin cheers brother cheers thanks man 
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Such a great chat with Justin. I love ancestors. I'm crying inside that they hypothetically might be done. They're on hiatus. It makes me just want to die. Uh, come back, guys. If it's just for me, I never got to see you live. I must see you live. Please come back for me. If you don't know who Ancestors is, now you do, and you should check them out. Listen to that album, Suspended in Reflections. I can't talk about it enough and say how much I love it. I've listened to it countless times in countless situations, and it is all always perfect so do it people enjoy it it is a very 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 good album i hope you guys have a great weekend i hope you guys get to relax i am looking forward to relaxing i have two more episodes coming at you next week one on tuesday and one on friday but until then remember to enjoy life metal and craft beer cheers vox and hops heads this is krista makes guitarist and vocalist for less than jake and host of krista makes a podcast a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant, evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of The Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.